millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Come hither, spring frost. Bejewel the lawns of my mind. Cool the April sun, lest it bleach my memory sand-white. Grains of time, scents of the past, ghosts and guesses. Do not go. Do not go. Do not go high up toward those unreachable vapours. Stay a while in the moon underwater. Welcome one and all, one, two and trine, take seat, take bench and pew here at the Moon Underwater, where you will be becalmed, bepinted and beloved. I am John Robbins, landlord of the Moon Underwater, the only, I believe the only tavern in the correct realm that reveals itself in alley, in dusk, in starlight, on more cliff face and glen. Here we invite guests of ours to create their dream pub, to furnish it, to inhabit it. But I am just one half of the spectral staff here at the Moon Underwater, and opposite me is my comrade, my brother in arms, my brother in pints, my uncle in pubs, my niece in glasses. It's the lovely Robin Allender. Hello, Robin. Hi, John. How are you today? I'm good. Have you completed your Lord Vigils? Yes. What's that? Just looking at the surface of the bar? Uh, well, it's whatever it's whatever you interpret it to be, but it's sort of the morning canonical observations. Breakfast. Making breakfast. Yeah, it's sort of like a sort of um, a, a breakfast, but a, a sort of a spiritual breakfast. A spiritual breakfast where the, your prayers are the, the beans and your sausages that kind of... Is the truth? Or? And I think the eggs are the Holy Ghost, because they are at all times scrambled, poached, and boiled. That's very true, actually. What What is an egg? What is, what is an egg, after all? 
Oh, Robin, how we have pubbed this last week. Yes, the pubs have been coming thick and fast. The, the, the pub is still ringing in my mind yeah. from uh, a couple of days ago. Robin and I met up in the, the other realm. Hmm. We went to the secret pub. I played some darts in a pub, which I haven't done for an awful long time, which was a delight. Hmm. And then Robin went to an extra pub that I'm desperate to hear about after I'd wended my way back to the moon underwater. Well, yes, we went, we found this other pub, sort of near, um, like... Great Portland Street. Yeah. yeah, Great Portland Street called the King's Head. And it's a Green King pub, so you think, ooh. But you go in and it was exactly, exactly the kind of pub, we've got a guest coming up who describes this kind of pub perfectly, where it's carpeted and it feels very old-fashioned. I don't know, I don't know what the correct word is. Well, I think his word, so this is Greg James, uh, whose murmurations will be vibrating towards you at some point, but he, he described it lovingly as tacky. Yeah, so I, I, but I, I hesitate to say tacky. It was just, it was like no frills. Yes. yes. So it was carpeted. They only had like a few drinks on tap. And, I, you know, Green King hadn't done m much to the interior, which was great. You felt that it had been like that for ages. It felt almost like a kind of post theatery sort of pub, you know. But it was so good. We'll have to go there. Yeah, there's a lovely pub in Brighton, which I think might be called The Cricketers. Oh, yeah. That, like that. That's got that wonderful 1940s kind of worn red fake velvet seats. But really, I'll just, I'll just double check it. it is The Cricketers in Brighton. That kind of functional kind of vibe. Yeah. But well, just I guess a very sort of Patrick Hamilton style pub. I don't think it is the cricketers. No, it's 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 not the cricket. Oh no, it's not the cricketers. Sorry, so sorry, crew. <laughs> so sorry to so sorry, crew. everyone I've ever yeah. met about everything. Oh no, it is the cricketers. What a roller coaster! <laughs> what a roller coaster that was. Uh, yeah, it is. It is the cricketers. Yes. Oh God. Oh, would to God. Yeah, sorry. I've just found a rather haunting image of it in my mind's eye. We've got a, We've had a lovely mist in about Brighton pubs, actually. Should we, we go to the mist? Yes, I heard your mouth horn ascending <laughs> the scales as the mist arrived. Oh, chromatic horn. <laughs> yes, indeed. The mist has arrived this week, and we had a lovely mist in from Lawrence, who says... You talk, remember we're talking about themed pub crawls? Yes, indeed know, you do, sir. Kind of recently. He says, Dear esteemed brothers in pubs, in your recent episode with the good Phil Wang, during the conversation about themed pub crawls, I couldn't help but laugh back at an attempted pub crawl on the 23rd of December 2013. My brother, myself and friend Brett, now landlord of the Caxton Arms in Brighton, worth a trip, good reveal, wended our way through Brighton in an attempt to spell out the word Christmas, a pub beginning with each letter and a cross That's such a great idea. <laughs> yeah. That's a, I mean, how many letters are in Christmas though? Five, six, seven, eight, nine. It's doable. It's doable. A pub beginning with each letter and a cross stick of festive pints. My memory is faint on the actual pubs. I remember being told off by a bouncer as my jumper wasn't Christmassy enough and quaffing too much rich, multi, one-off brown beers called Rudolph's Ruby Ridiculousness or other such nonsense. But we went to the Cricketers. There we go. So that's the C. The C, the Hot Poles. Lovely. Regency Tavern, Iron Duke, Seven Stars, Three Jolly Butchers, Mash Tun, and then we had to call it a night after 
4.9 kilometers of walking between them all in the rain. <laughs> it was the last Friday before Christmas and it was so stormy pubs were shutting early, alas. I wish my brother a happy Christmas every year in honor of this trip. One day maybe we'll complete it, yours in Pints Lawrence. That's great. We should do that. They only managed to spell out Christm. 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 Yeah. But that, 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 I mean, that was really close. There's only two more to go. But it's very dependent on the names. You need to plan it very carefully. You could do it in London. Yeah, I reckon you could probably do that in most big cities. Yeah. I, I, here's the thing. I don't think I've ever been to a bad pub called the Seven Stars. Like it. Yeah, there's a very good one in Bristol. Yeah, I've only been to two pubs called Seven Stars. Right. <laughs> Confirmation bias. Do you want to, should we do a few more mists? Yes, please. Oh, actually, Sparkler News. Do you want oh, some Sparkler yes. News? Um, my friend Laura Doherty, who, um, she works for Lost Map Records, and she does a very good podcast with Pictish Trail, Johnny Lynch. She went to the Bluebell in York, which we've recommended on the show. And she embarrassed herself by not knowing what a sparkler was and asking a regular. And there was a poster saying that they use sparklers, but to ask if you were a soft southerner and didn't want one for your pint. Oh, nice. So had a chat about putting fireworks in your drinks with an old boy, which was fun, but I was still none the wiser. I Googled it and I've actually cleaned sparklers before and didn't know they were called sparklers. Little bit of new knowledge. So that's kind of interesting. <laughs> so if you're working in pubs, you might not know... You know, and the sparklers are part of the game. Yeah, you might not know the the sort of technical term for every nut, bolt, and yeah. uh, widget. But I had a chat with the landlord of a pub near me about sparklers because you know we went uh, to this pub and had, I think it's called Sixty One Deep. Yeah, it's great. The Marston's beer with a sparkler, and we both sort of folded in on ourselves in joy. <laughs> It was like that film, the Scarlett Johansson film. What's that called? You know, um, where she picks up guys in Glasgow and they crumple with desire. Yeah, I've the, not in seen the nude. it. <laughs> I've, I've not seen it where they crumple with desire in the nude. Yeah, that was what happened to us in this pub. <laughs> okay. So I went back to the pub and 61 Deep was was not on tribute was so i had a tribute and there wasn't a sparkler mm. so i said to the landlord i said uh it's a shame the sparklers on here because you don't get many of them down south yeah um and uh, then i stopped doing that voice <laughs> and he said it was quite interesting he said yes we had to take them off because the the barrels we've got are quite lively mm. so i think because a sparkler obviously enlivens a beer and makes it very smooth and gives it that nice big head. But I think if the head is quite big anyway, it would perhaps over-egg the pint pudding. Over-egg the pint pudding. I think the thing is with the Bluebell, by the way, look it up in your mind because beautiful copper-topped table, beautiful pub. But I, I don't like that kind of north-south divide with sparklers, I've got to say, because I think there are lots of northern people who don't like sparklers as well. Yeah, but there's just more that you just never, ever get it down south. That's right. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. I'm just looking up the Blue Bell in York in my mind. I think I've looked it up before, but... It's great. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great Viking Museum in York as well. Oh, God. Um, another another mist? Hmm. <laughs> oh, wow, we've, you're crumbling oh, with a picture desire. Of a dog. And... Oh, there's a picture of a dog now, so I've sort of been put off a bit. I can't believe it. You're sort of, you're kind of trembling and muttering to yourself. Yeah. Staggering towards the very edifice of desire. Under the Skin, that's what that film's called. Oh, yeah. 
You remember talking about beer nicknames before? Yes, love the beer nicknames. Do keep your beer nicknames coming to john at moonunderpod.com. So Damien writes in or mists in or whatever it is. Just listen to the chat you were having about nicknames for beer. And I was reminded of a time a friend of mine pointed out that the logo on a can of San Miguel had the N and the M very close together, which could allow the first stroke of the M to combine with the N and thus create the name Sam Nigwell, or as we ended up calling it for many years, Sam Nigel. Oh, I don't mind that. Yeah. Always found it quite funny how a seemingly exotic name for a beer became the most English sounding shite beer possible. <laughs> Love the podcast. Good day to you both. Thanks, Damien. I like that. I like a Sam Nigel. Well, you're a big fan of the sort of spoonerism, aren't you, Rob? I like a spoonerism now and again, yeah. Weg Grollis. Weg Grollis, yeah. Stick Rhine. But that's a sort of, that's a, a rear end spoonerism, isn't it? Yeah, well, you're kind of swapping the letters at the end of the first word. Yeah, so that would good. be, in in the example of Weg Grollis, that would be Grugollis. That's also good. Yeah, the best spoonerism is Burley Chassis with her hit "Fold Ginger." So what's that un unspoonered? Shirley Bassey and Goldfinger. Lovely. And there is a really good one, which there's a very very funny person on Twitter who's came up with this. I can't remember the name, but it was. The past, you know, the past is a foreign country. Yeah. I mean, I think we should bleep this out, but he said the cunt is a foreign pastry. (laughs) 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 That's great. Wow, zinis. Yeah. So can we bleep out the C word, please? Producer Matt. Yes, please, everyone. We don't want the C bomb here. No, not not really. It's not really fitting with the the quality of the light because we're here in the moon underwater at midday. Yes. And there's a beautiful, beautiful, bright spring light cast high across the leaves in the uh, in the garden. And it's just sort of throwing beautiful towers, sort of sky- skyscrapers of light shadowed on the um, on the tables by the front window there. And I have to say, I couldn't want a better Atmos uh, to welcome in our guest this week. So Before he makes his appearance, a reminder that you can check out All We Do Do on moonunderpod.com, and that includes links to support us on Patreon, because, you know, what do we need here, Rob? We need atom rarifiers, we need uh, copper brushes, we need, you know, S-loads of beer. We need mind Ethernet cables. Yes, we need mind Ethernet, the, the Ethernet of the mind. Yeah, direct inject our minds to the mainframe. Yeah, um, that'll probably happen soon, won't it? It probably will. It was H. Anthony Hildebrand who did that tweet, by the way. Sorry about that. Oh, Carry on. Who, who can't spoonerise his own name. No, sadly can't really do it with vowels. So thank you very much, folks, and we will see you back when our guest is on his way. Brave Sir Robin, brave Sir Robin, come up to the bar, my dear old friend. Tis me, tis I, yes, here I be. What will I be pouring you? I'll have a pint of beer that's sort of in the distance. Oh, a pint of distant beer? Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, well, it's going to take five or ten minutes for me to sort of walk far enough away to pour that. Thank you. Is that, is that okay? 
Yeah, just a bit kind of mistier, sort of. Have you got any fog? Uh, oh, I do. The, the fog man came this morning. Oh, great. Sounding his horn aplenty, uh, and no mistake. But uh, I d- we do get on well. We have a good bit of banter. Uh, so they go a pint of distant beer with a, with a fog chaser. And uh, the f- speaking of which, the fog is chasing itself outside. Have you ever l- listened to The Hound of the Baskervilles, Robin, and had quite an intense sort of imaginative experience about the fog on the moor? No. I have. Okay. It's very... It's, I'd say that's classic Robins. <laughs> yeah, because they're, they're waiting for the, the suspect to unleash the hound uh, against its quarry but the fog they hadn't factored in for the fog so the fog begins to sort of become almost a, a harbinger of its own doom always f in the f yeah so what i'm trying to say is there's quite a lot of fog outside and i'm just worried that it's going to completely envelop the moon underwater before our guest can get here but then from within the fog itself come their own swales and um, and if you can see the swaling in the fog I think it's like someone's trying to get out and then bursting through the fog a dark figure in several cloaks carrying traditional pastries from their uh, their hometown yes that's right at the door it's Jordan North come in Jordan good evening gents how are we good man grab yourself a leather backed throne Oh, lovely. Or, or whatever you would like to sit on. What do you like to sit on in a pub? Um, a leather-back throne's great. Uh, I'd, I'd take a small stool, but I, I'm not, I don't like standing in a pub. I hate standing. Really? You know, in a, yeah, in a busy pub where you've got to stand around, I prefer to sit down, if I'm yeah. honest. I don't, mind, I don't mind leaning at a bar if there's a sort of uh, part of the bar that's not too busy and you're not interrupting uh, the bar folk doing their work. I don't mind propping up a bar. Uh, but yeah, we, I can get you a small stool. Uh, you, you won't be able to see over the bar to talk to me, though. Uh, so maybe we might just go for a big stool. <laughs> a big stool for the bar's perfectly fine. So, Jordan, when you're not being incredibly young and <laughs> doing all the sorts of things very young people do and being cool, you're also from Burnley. And you're young. I mean, they're not mutually exclusive. <laughs> so what's what's the Burnley pub scene? There's um, a great area in Burnley called Under Culvit, uh, and they say are you going under the Culvit? And it's basically a bridge in Burnley, and under that bridge, just down the road from Turf Moor, are a load of great pubs. So you've got the Miners Pub, which sells the most Benedictine in the world. What? Which, yeah. So um, Benedictine is a French liqueur that the troops from East Lancashire brought over to Burnley in the First World War, and it's been popular in Burnley ever since. Everybody really? in Burnley drinks it. Wow. Yeah, so on a night out, other young people might have a Jaeger bomb. We have Benny bombs, which is Benedictine, and Red, uh, Red Bull. So, yeah, uh, you'd probably, I'd probably take you in there first to go in the miners. And then there's loads of little bars, little pubs around it that are, are really good as well. There's one called the Sean Deitch that's recently been named after our manager a few years ago when he got us into Europe. There's the Turf Pub, named after Turf Moor. Um, I'm trying to think. There's, there's a new one as well that's just opened uh, and it's 
and I forgot his bloody name and they're going to go mad at me when they listen to this. But yeah, there's loads of good little pubs around there. Prop up, yeah. Will the Sean Dyche change its name to every Burnley manager or will it forever be Sean Dyche? Well, I don't know because it's called the Royal Dyche and it used to be called the Princess Royal or the Prinny Royal. And they jokingly put out a tweet in, I think it was 20... When would it have been? 2016? No, 2018. I think it would have been when we qualified for Europe, which is something Burnley don't do often. They said, uh, Dyche, if you get us into Europe, we'll rename the pub. And the tweet went viral and loads of different news outlets picked it up. And uh, it's it's now named the Royal Dyche. Yeah, so maybe if, if he left, God forbid if he did, if he left, then they'd probably, I don't know what they'd call it again. Well, I think it's it's quite nice to celebrate that achievement forever because even say he left under a because I mean no very few managers leave on a high so even if he got sacked in five years time whatever he he still got you into Europe yeah and in my opinion he's our greatest ever manager this is a new record for me we're like four minutes in and I'm already started talking about <laughs> so, but can you tell me more about these. This bridge. So how are the pubs arranged so many of them under a bridge? I, d- I actually don't know. I've all, I only found out recently the bridge was called the Culvert and probably people in Burnley listening going, no, you're wrong, it's not, it's the street. But there's a bridge and you go under it and then the first pub is the Royal Dyche. Then you've got the Turf and then there's the new pub. Why can't I think of its bloody name? It's doing me head in. And then just round the corner is the Miners. Jordan, Jordan, Jordan. We can look things up in our mind here. Oh, it's called Summit Tap. It's it's like a new hipster. It's not a hipster. It's quite... Um, is it more of a... I was going to say the pub scene, is it kind of the traditional real ale or has it got the craft beer kind of a vibe? It's more, Rob, it's, more, it's, it's quite different. Like... There's a couple of pubs just down the road. A lot of them are like working men's clubs and pubs, so the traditional. I'd say the biggest selling beer is probably just your bog standard lager. But yeah, you can go in there and get some real ales. You can get um that you don't see on tap often. You can get a John Smith's and a Boddington's, which oh, is love, very rare. Love a Boddington's you on tap. Love love it, but you very rarely see a Boddies now. So if I go in a pub and you see a Boddies on tap, I'm like, I've got to have it just because it's so silky smooth. By the way, I love pubs and beer. You might be able to tell. That's great. You're going to be a good guest. <laughs> I wondered, uh, Jordan, I'm friends with Christian Madden. I used to play in a band with him. He's the keyboard player for Liam Gallagher's band. Have you, do, 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 are you familiar with him? Because he's from Burnley as well. I, do you know what? The name rings a bell, actually. I think somebody I was... That's so weird. Somebody I was with a couple of weeks ago for a brew mentioned him as well. Yeah, yeah. Great musician. Great pub man. But yeah, he's a big fan of the pubs of Burnley. When you say brew, do you mean a beer or tea? Uh, a tea. Yeah, thought so, thought so, thought so. Yeah, so I, I, I should say coffee, really, but it's just easier to say a brew, in it? Oh, I see. You were actually having a, a, a skinny frappuccino with uh, al- almond butter. Uh, or- yeah, and I'm very conscious at the moment because um, on my radio show, a lot of my listeners have reverted to calling me Jordan South because of cert- certain things that I've been saying over the past few months. Um, so, yeah, and I remember when I first moved to London, I said to my dad, I said, what, what are you and my mum doing tonight? And he said, um, oh, not plan. I said, oh, we'll go out for some dinner. He said, we've had our dinner. I said, no, we'll go out for dinner. I mean tea. He went, it's tea in this house. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jordan, we're going to create your dream pub. 
what kind of is it at the sort of pub that could be found under Clivert? <laughs> Colvert. Colvert. Shit, not Patrick Clivert. <laughs> is it the sort of pub that could be found either under Colvert or under Patrick Clivert? Is it a North pub? Is it a South pub? Is it somewhere in between? What about the sparklers? You know, we could. Yes. What about the well. sparklers, Jordan? <laughs> the sparklers. Yeah, sparklers. Are the, the, it's something that goes on the tap that makes beer smooth, and I associate it with Northern oh, pints. Oh, of yeah. course, yes. Somebody again was having this conversation. I didn't realise this. They have in up north. They have different screw taps on, don't they? Mm. Yeah, and they're much better. Yeah. They make ale taste like so smooth, but it's so rare to find them down south. But there's, you know, some people don't like them. You know, let's. Uh, it's it's it, you yeah. know. It's, I think my pub, I'd, it doesn't have to be fancy, which doesn't surprise you, as long as it's quite friendly and you just know it's a proper, traditional, good old-fashioned boozer, like a proper boozer's pub, where blokes go in after work, but you can also go in with your other half as well. And maybe, maybe on a Saturday, like many of my days growing up, your dad can take you in and buy a bag of crisp, a bottle of pop, and you can go and play footy on car park whilst he gets pissed with your uncle. So that, that, that type of pub, that was pretty much most of my Saturdays. And then my dad, whilst my mum was at work, my dad would be like, if your mum asked, we'd been out all day playing football when really we just didn't pub. <laughs> so is that a memory of pubs for you, playing football in the car park? Yeah, or pool. Yeah, and I remember the pool table went up from 20p to 40p. Oh, massive news. Yeah. Oh, double, double. My dad were like, I'm not paying out a principal. <laughs> yeah. and, and all locals in pubs, especially proper local pubs, they're all dead nice to the landlord and the owners, but as soon as his back's turned or their back's turned, slag him off, oh, he's a right money-grabbing guy, and he's put his prices up 10p. Yeah. So we, yeah. Also, 40p is quite an inconvenient amount to have to find mm. in change it is. for yeah. a pool table. And did you need the 220p's and one of those tray things? Yeah, do you remember ah. those trays and you had to push it in, those that silver tray that you always looked like it could take fingers off at any given moment? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or slice a poached egg. Uh, yeah. Boiled egg, sorry. <laughs> I suppose you could slice a poached egg. But, but that's what they look like, don't yeah, they? Yeah, they do, yeah. Egg yeah. slices. <laughs> So when is that where you first sort of went out to pubs, uh, those those pubs under the culvert? Do you know, those sort of pubs, I, I probably the, the first sort of pub I remember is uh, the Sergeant's Mess. So my, my dad was in the army and I grew up in the army and we used to go to the Sergeant's Mess a lot. Uh, on a Sunday, they used to do a thing every couple of weeks. So, like every two weeks, they do a thing called Family's Mess where the blokes could bring their wives and children and they'd all get drunk and they'd put a bouncy castle up. And it was basically a pub within the army barracks that was run by the soldiers. So that's my first memory of a, of a pub, but it was traditional. It had all the Chesterfield sofas and things like that. Oh, what? Wow. Can I see a... Is there anywhere I can see a photo of it in my mind? I, I can... Do you know what? I'll send you a picture because I've got a great picture of my dad in the sergeant's mess. So basically, and it was very traditional. This was in the in the 90s and late 80s when my dad joined. And, you, you know, you had to wear... You had to wear full dicky bow, uh, a red blazer, like a full, what they called it, mess dress. And my brother's just been to one this recent this weekend. My brother's in the army as well. He's just been with his wife. And I always remember my, my dad, like, by this massive snooker table. It was, like, a very traditional... It was, like, very traditional. Not, not something you'd expect to see. So that's my first memory of a pub. 
and it was run by like the soldiers and they used to it was they and I remember as well they used to have a tray with port and brandy and whiskey and cigars on and it used to go round and they'd all be there with the dicky bows undone smoking big cigars it wasn't like that every week some weeks it was quite informal you could just go in with shoes with shoes and a shirt on but you could like you'd never be able to go in in trainers or trackies or anything like that wow that sounds like a dream pub in itself Oh, it was. Was it a lovely atmosphere, or was it was there was there sort of a military atmosphere as well? Yeah, I'd be lying if I said it was all lovely. There was uh, <laughs> there was a good good few scraps in there. Yeah, it's 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 weird as well because recent my cousin's uh, Yemen warder at the Tower of London, and she needed a plus one for her mess do recently, and I got invited along, full dicky boo and. Dicky Bow and Tiny, and it, it was like going back in time. It was like being 10 years old again, but this time I could drink. And and again, they were passing port round and cigars. And I've been in some pubs, but to be in the pub in the Tower of London has got to be got to be up there. <laughs> What's it? Was it similar? What does that look? What does that look? How can I go? <laughs> it's it's just like a normal pub, but very traditional. So they've got like um, they've got lots of pictures up on the wall, loads of old. Uh, portraits they've got um, the axes that they used to use in the tower I'm sure I'm pretty sure they're not called axes but that's not a proper word but they've got all them up um, yeah and they had like they had a big cheese board out and oh I was God. pissed as a fart by the end of it but yeah <laughs> it brought back all those memories because I've not been in and I've not been in a corporal's or sergeant's mess um, since a kid I never got a chance to go in the officer's mess that was next level the officers, yeah, the officers' mess was like, corporal's mess was, nah, sergeant's mess was good, and then the officers' mess was like, apparently next level. But I never. And is there in. one above that? Uh, I'm, <laughs> no, I don't think there is. I think it is that field marshal. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. But that's my first memory of pubs. I love the idea that there's always one further beyond. You know what I mean? <laughs> it just keeps going. But yeah. But also, it's kind of it. It shows how pubs how ingrained pubs are that when you're in a slightly different environment e.g like an army base they don't need to have a pub there it's not like necessary for the job they're doing but it's sort of kind of nice that they create one and it's quite a big important part of the place a bit like having sort of a, a, a fireman's pub or a you know if you went on say that i don't quite know what i'm trying to say but like if you went on an expedition in Victorian times and the first thing they did when they set up camp was arrange that where their pub was going to be. It's like entirely surplus to requirements. It's like there's a bar in Westminster, isn't there? You know? Yeah. And there's one in the BBC. Is there? There's yeah. one in BBC Bristol. God, that reminds me. I, uh, what the band I played in, we did a little interview for the radio and the, the lady who took us in, which is really lovely, Said, "Oh, you can go for a you know quick drink in the in the bar as well." She came back like three hours later, and we were still there because it was like it was really cheap and it was really nice. But I think it, I think that was slightly bad form. But it's it's a community, it's a community, isn't it? And everybody, and that's where they all come from. That's what pubs are. It's like it brings a community together. And it's like when you're near big sailors' towns and navy towns, there's loads of pubs named after navy ships or regiments and stuff like that. So. Yeah, it was um, it was always a good laugh in there. I remember that.
Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million parents and kids building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. That's greenlight.com slash ACAST. Well, let's start off uh, filling the bar of this friendly boozer. Well, children play football in the car park, but safely. People are watching them. Yeah. yeah. Chesterfield furniture. Oh, so it is a little bit of an officer's mess. Yeah. It is well, a little bit. of the mess there. Nice. I wouldn't mind a bit of just some nice Chesterfield in a little corner that you can go over to. Yeah. Uh, what two draft items are you, are you picking? First and foremost, my favourite ever drink. Uh, has to be a pint of Guinness, and yes. I know a few people have said. I know a few people have said a Guinness. Well, with good reason. It just there's no better drink. It's just I, it, it's weird because I've actually I don't drink as much now as I did a few years ago before the pandemic when I was out all the time. But it gets to Thursday, Friday now. And I'm like, oh, I need my Guinness. I need a Guinness. <laughs> I need... If I just have... I Like, last weekend I went away and I just had two pints of Guinness and it was fine. It's just that first pint, that first sip. It's, it is the best drink on planet Earth. A friend said to me recently, if you could only drink one thing for the rest of your life, I'd say it'd be Guinness. So I'm a fellow Guinness admirer, but I just hate cold Guinness. Do you struggle now? Because, like, in London, it's so hard to find Guinness that isn't ice cold. Or do you not mind it? See, I don't mind it. But you've hit the nail, you've hit the nail on the head because a lot of lot of older Guinness drinkers say it's too cold, and I've gone the other way where if it's not cold enough for me, um, it, it's it's not right. But there's two pubs um, in London that I always go to, and they do it in the old they do it on the old fashioned tap. So it's not a pump, but it's not the actual Guinness branded tap. It's just one of those old fashioned flick ones, you know, the black ones. So where are these? Could you please name these pubs right now? Fun, right, funnily enough, I'm going to get Jordan South. I literally stumbled into this pub. It's one in Belgravia. It's called uh, it's called the Nags Head in Belgravia, and they do the best pint of Guinness. That funnily enough, the fellow who runs it used to be in the army, and his son was in Grangeill when it was massive in the seventies or eighties. Oh wow! What was the Grangeill character called? Zamo. Zamo, it was it was Zamo, it was I'm pretty sure it was Zamo. Zamo's dad. 
Yeah, Samo's dad runs it. They should have called it the Zamo's dad. Not, not the next. <laughs> I think that's one of Adrian Charles's favourite pubs as well. Because he's Is it? he's been on at me about going to a pub in Belgravia called I think it's the Nags Head. Uh, what's the second pub, please, Jordan? Um, the second. So there's a there's a few round near me, but um, there's a, a pub just down there. I moved into this flat about uh, well, I moved about three four months ago, and I, this is what I love about London. You can just go for a little stroll on a Sunday, and I found this pub called the Cow. And it's morning, not in Hillway, but it's not quite not in Hill. And they've got loads of pictures up of like Tom Cruise and and people in there. Oh and wow! Yeah, it's like well known, but I didn't know this. It, it's not that impressive to look outside and go in, but you go in and they serve probably like the best pint of Guinness. And again, it's in one of the old-fashioned taps. It's in an old-fashioned Guinness glass as well. It's not in one of the new ones. So I'd say in there, it's called the Cow. Last time I was in there, actually, in the corner was uh, Niall Horan from One Direction. No just way. Cas- just, ca- just casually having a pint of Guinness in there. Nice. Um, yeah. and, and- I, If I saw Niall Horan in a bar, you could give me 10,000 guesses as to who it was, and I wouldn't know who it was. <laughs> I don't think I've ever knowingly seen a picture of him. That's probably the second time I've ever heard his name. Yeah, this is the thing in London. You can go in and just... Like famous people walk past you all the time, and you're just like, oh god, someone's out there having a pipe. But Niall Horan's like pretty. He's a bit of a superstar, biggest boy band. Um, I'm not selling this to Amazon. Oh no, I'm, not, I'm nothing against them at all. I'm not like snooty about it. It's just not my generation of. I mean, this is how young you are, Jordan. <laughs> I'm not that young, but yeah, he was in there, and they serve as well. They, you can get a pint of prawns. So they've got the best oh, menu. It's known for its chicken Kiev, and it's got these fresh, beautiful prawns. They do. Chi- I always get the chicken Kiev, the prawns, and they do just Welsh rarebit. And it's not fancy. It's just on a little like crappy plate. Not fancy about it, but it's perfect. Robin, we're going to these two pubs very They're soon. They're great. Boys, next time you're down, let me know because you'll love them. They're that would be pubs. a great pub crawl, a Guinness-based pub crawl where you just go mm. to all the places that do the best Guinness. I mean, I was going to say, like, Guinness is a drink that I only drink in certain places, really, because it's like, oh, the Guinness is good there, you know. Well, I went Guinness to the Toucan the other day. Yeah, Toucan's great. Not only is the Guinness out of this world, they play such good music. Is that in Soho? Yeah, it's a, basically a Guinness pub. I think it serves Guinness and Prava, uh, and I was there with Ellis and our agent, and she had a pint of Guinness, and I had a pint of Guinness, and Ellis had a pint of Prava. <laughs> I didn't call him on it, though, because I know why. It's because Guinness gives him gas. <laughs> right, that's fair enough. <laughs> what's, your, what's your second pint, uh, Jordan? I'll just say before going to that, because I always say this, and I'll get a beam up on it. I've got to say I think it's a bit of a myth, because people say to me, because drink, I drink Guinness, they'll come up to me in a pub, and I'll get chatting, and they'll be like, I only drink Guinness when I'm in, London, uh, when I'm in Dublin. And I think it's a bit of a myth that, because I can take you to pubs out in London, up north, even in the Lake District, that if you look after your Guinness, if you properly know what you're doing, if you know how to pour a Guinness, then it, it and I know loads of Irish people will be going, you're talking shite. Honestly, I can find your pubs where it's just as good, but people go, oh, it's only good, it's only good in Dublin. Well, it's like, yeah, because you get it on the cheap in Weatherspoons, it's never going to be. But I think it's like that thing that people would say, well, like, limoncello is better in Italy. 
well, obviously, because you're you're in Italy. But I think the, the the truth of it is that badly kept Guinness in Dublin would be unacceptable and unsustainable. Whereas over here, a lot of pubs get away with serving and keeping their Guinness very poorly. Uh, next draft, please, George. Um, do you know what? I'm not ashamed of it. I think, didn't um, self-esteem say this as well? I might be wrong when she was on. Uh, Pieter Foster's. Whoa, 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 whoa. I can't whoa. remember if self-esteem said Foster's. Have I made that up? Someone I, has chosen Foster's. It might have been her, yeah. And there's no judgment here. It's your pub. It's your pint, man. I never knew Foster's was so frowned upon until I first moved to London and a f- friend um, invited me to his barbecue in Hackney. Bearing in mind this mate's from Burnley as well. He's a Burnley fan. Uh, you might know him, George Godfrey. He used to be on Radio X. Um, oh, right. He does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a good mate. He's a good mate, man. Fellow radio presenter. Invited me to his barbecue when I first moved down to London. I turned up with a crate of Foster's, cans of Foster's, and the shit I got for it. <laughs> really? <laughs> Honestly, you did, thought I'd turned up with a dead cat in my hand. Honestly, when I arrived, everyone there was like all these fancy bot, what I'd call like, like high-end beer, like Peronis and stuff like that. That's, yeah, that, there is snobbery about that. But having said that, I will drink anything, but I find I genuinely find Foster's disgusting. <laughs> really? Yeah, I think, yeah. See, I still say. I mean, don't get me wrong. You can't be on a hot summer's day. You can't be a tall pint of Peroni in a pub, because um, that's another thing. I switch over in the summer, so I switch from Guinness to lager. Yeah. So in the winter, winter's my Guinness drink, and then when it starts getting hot, I go over to lager. And for me, if there's a pint, if and it's very rare in London. But if there's a pint of Foster's on on tap, I'll go for it. It's just so refreshing. I think it's because I grew up drinking Foster's as well. Like when I used to go to the pub with my mates, I used to drink Guinness with my dad and all my cousins and brothers before I went on the Burnley match. And like Foster's were with my mates in the local pub playing darts, playing pool. Well, I think you've unintentionally chosen Robin's two least favourite lagers in Peroni and <laughs> Foster's there. Yeah, but at Foster's, you do see a lot of kind of the old boys in pubs drinking Foster's yeah, sometimes. Yeah, and Carlin. Yeah, is it because yeah, it's, it's like not... Foster's isn't that strong, is it? I wonder what the, what's no, the ABV? I think, I think it's 4%. I might be wrong. I think it's 4%. But yeah, a lot of people like... I don't want to say turn the nose up at it. I'll say turn the nose up at it, but I just think it's such a great pint and it goes down so easy. It's a proper... It is 4%, yeah. 4%, yeah. There you go. It's a proper Friday night in the pub after you've finished on the building site type of drink. And that, not that I've ever... Well, I have worked on a building site, but not that I ever... <laughs> I have done that, but I just... Yeah, I love a Foster's. A Fozzie's. Give us a Fozzie's. Fozzie's. So Guinness and Fozzies, <laughs> from one end of the spectrum of desire to the other. I went to the pub and I had a drink with my friend. It was really nice. The pub was called The Moon Underwater. So we need to move on to your your next selection, which is bottles and or cans, Jordan. Now you said you don't uh, you don't really drink much in the week anymore. Are you not a home a home drinker? 
I mean, I was in lockdown. Who wasn't? But yeah, basically, I, I got to 30 a couple of years ago. And you just you just realise you can't drink as much as what you used to. And you can't eat like what you... Yeah, like in my 20s, I used to eat loads of crap and maybe go and run into her three times. So I, I just stopped drinking in the week, mainly because I was drinking loads in the first lockdown. But everyone was, weren't they? And um, it's the best thing I did. And I think now if you work hard in the week, go and have a pint at the weekend. Um, God, I wish I was you. <laughs> yeah, I really wish I was you, John. Oh, don't worry. This is only like 18 months in. And that's not super strict. Like, it was my birthday on Monday and I had, um, I had a good few drinks then. But it's just basically now means I don't come in straight after work and get a can out of the fridge, which I used to. But um, my first bottle would be... A lot of people don't know this, but I love a red wine. Oh, lovely. I love a red wine, and uh, on my show when I used to be on Radio One at the weekends, I used to talk about red wine Fridays because I'd get straight in on a Friday and crack open. But it's got to be a, um, a Rioja, a full-bodied Rioja. Ooh, Ooh. Um, very nice. And I was lucky enough to do a series for ITV, a travel show with my friend Beverly Callard, who I met on I'm a Celebrity. If you'd have said to ten-year-old me when uh, I was watching Coronation Street when I was younger, you'd be going on a road trip round Spain with Liz McDonald from Coronation Street I'd never have believed you but me and Beverly Callard went on a road trip round Spain and we travelled from the top of Spain right down to the bottom in a in a yellow jeep and one of the places we went to was actually the region of Rioja and I had the best Rioja there it was all on film we was meant to be going to a wine tasting and I got so drunk I couldn't drive home we had to get, one of the, we had to get the crew to drive us home do you remember the name of it? Yes, I'm going to try and find it for you. Um, I have it on here. I've got it up on my phone. But to be honest, I'm not that picky about Riocas. Um, just just a really good one. And I, I have to say this now, your, your Rioja should be chilled. Interesting. Right? And a lot, yeah, look at, look at John's face. So put your Rioja, you can do it with a Malbec as well, apparently, but put your Rioja in the fridge, get it really ice cold. And just before you open it, you don't want it as cold as white wine because white white wine you want to be bite you want it to bite don't you a bit. I sound like I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> That's but, great. But in in Spain they have their Rioja chilled, so just put it in the fridge, take it out, and after about half hour forty minutes, open it, and it'll be the perfect temperature, and it's so much better chilled. It really is. Did not know that. New fact alert. Yes, and and anybody listening now, try it. And I've told loads of people, I've talked about it on air as well, and loads of people have said, fair play. It's not for everyone, everyone's cup of tea. But um, yeah, it's, it's. I absolutely l- love it, it's better chilled. I'm going to find you the bottle now. So the Rioja is El Puntido. E-L-P-U-N-T-I-D-O. And that's, as you can see, a picture of it there. I don't know if you can see it. yeah. And that is the best red wine I've ever had in my life. Oh, that's what I want to hear. It is the, and and yes, I might have been in Spain and and we might have been, I might have been high on life because I was just really excited that I was filming this series for ITV, but it's called El Puntido and it's absolutely fantastic. And there's an actual family that make, uh, different types of Riocas. So did you then, like, buy loads of it when you got back? Yeah. <laughs> I got six... Got, got, I came back with four bottles and don't have any of them left now. And do you... Because I would then obsessively, like, order it online to make sure it was always in my house. If I found what... the best... Because once you found your favourite version of your favourite thing, it's such a lovely 
sort of feeling, but it is 37 quid a bottle. That's what I was just going to say to you. So there's none available at the last time I looked, and I haven't looked for a while, so I'm probably going to look after this because I keep saying I want. The last time I looked, it was, I think it was £46 a bottle. And you've got, and the least you can order is six. And I'm like, I just cannot. Yeah. I just can't. I'm just waiting for it to go down. I'm, sh- I'm hopefully somebody will listen to this and be- send me a link to a cheaper version. But last time I looked, it was 46, might be 46 euros a bottle. I was like, I can't. There's a website called uh, Vivi, uh, what's it called? Vivino. And that list, and that lists like the. I think it lists the places. It's. I've got the app. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Jordan South. <laughs> okay, so your first bottle is an El Puntido at Rioja, at Gran Reserva. Uh, what's your second one? Again, and I, I just I, I think people are gonna. I, when I ever when I, I always have them in my fridge. Is it a bottle of Foster's? <laughs> it's close, though. It's close. It's it's a bottle of Cor- Corona. Oh, really? Whoa. I look like if right, if if I'm going to a barbecue, if I'm going to a house party, I'm I'm a crate of Corona. I think it's it's the perfect bottle of beer, especially, and I don't mind it with a lime in as well. And and I, I, I know people will be listening, going, "Your choice of all the alcohol you can have." I just I love a bottle of Corona. I've got terrible news for you, Jordan. Go on. So we, Pete Brown, who we had on, is a, a beer writer, has won all sorts of awards for writing about beer. Oh, no. And we said, to, we were sort of, I always like to have the conversation, you know, how bad is lager? Like, is it necessary? Like, you say Foster's, is it actually bad? And he said, you know what? All lager is pretty much of a muchness. There's only one which is inherently bad, and it's Corona. And he said the reason is all beer is served in a yellow or a, a green or a brown bottle, and that's to protect the beer from sunlight, which basically makes it go off. So he said, Corona being in a clear bottle means that every single bottle of Corona ever drunk has been off. No. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah, isn't that mad? That's real. That I would never have thought. I just thought it was a really good marketing technique yeah. that they did. You never see um, red wine in a in a clear bottle because of the, apparently the same thing happens. The sunlight or, or just any light damages it. Rob, do you not think when you're at a, a barbecue and there's like loads of Coronas in a big ice bucket, have you ever been tempted that like? I just oh yeah, God, great. I mean, temp- tempting doesn't come into it. I'd be <laughs> down, it's just like diving into the bucket. Yeah, absolutely. But I, for me, it's like it's not wouldn't be my first choice because I just think it tastes kind of thin and watery. Do you know? I don't yeah. know. But like, it's you know, it's it's your bar. Absolutely no, no, you know. We're not, we're not snobby about any choices at all. I've been thinking about this all week and I've chopped and changed my mind. And I was like, <laughs> no, I've always, if I've, I've got bottles of Corona in my fridge now for if anyone comes around, it's like, do you want a beer? I, it's fine. And I also, I think I quite like the fact that um, you've gone for a, like your favourite type of your favourite <laughs> red wine that you had in a specific place. It's quite expensive. And then for your second choice, it's... <laughs> What an authority on beer is described as the only genuinely bad beer. <laughs> it feels like you're kind of torn between Jordan South and Jordan North here, kind of Jordan uh, Midlands. Definitely, mm. yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, well, we take a break from Jordan's eclectic spectral choices uh, to take part in the Moon Underwater pub quiz. 
Okay, everybody, pens out, eyes down, it's time for the quiz. He played for Zimbabwe, but he was born in South Africa. I know Alaska is bigger, that wasn't the question. Put your phone away. Right, Michael Jackson's Funky Monkey had been deducted five points. Thank you. Uh, welcome to this week's Moon Underwater Pub Quiz. No phones, no Googling, just pure fun. Uh, three questions and the answers in part two. And this week's quiz is about your friend and mine, Mr. William Shakespeare. Oh dear. Shall I, com- yes. <laughs> Shall I compare thee to a summer's quiz? Go on then. Uh, Jordan, how do you feel about quizzing in general? If it, if it's, uh, I'm not great. No, I'm not. And I feel like I'm not going to be great at this William Shakespeare <laughs> one either. I'm well, not, see, no. I love a good quiz. Yeah, I'm the guy that I'm the guy that hovers on the it, it box. You know, behind everyone. Do they still have those it boxes? I'm the guy that hovers and goes, Robbie Keane, it's Robbie Keane. Oh, it was Roy Keane. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> only say if you think you know. That's yeah, what I always say. say. Think, you know, Jordan, William Shakespeare was very much the Nile Horan of his day. Very much so. <laughs> hey, is, do you know what? His, his solo album that he brought out just during lockdown was actually decent. Yeah, I'm just I, saying I, that. It was really good. Well, William Shakespeare. <laughs> oh, it's not horrible. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wicked. Right. Okie dokie dokie. Right. Question one. Which Shakespeare play originated or popularised the following everyday phrases? The mind's eye. To see something in the mind's eye. Every dog has its day. It's a common phrase. To be hoisted on your own petard, and to have method in your madness. So those kind of four phrases originated or were popularised in one Shakespeare play. Which one was it? Question two. Shakespeare is full of great insults, but in which play do the following insults appear? You starveling, you elfskin, you dried neat's tongue, you bull's pizzle, you stockfish, oh for breath to utter what is like thee, you tailor's yard, you sheath. You bowcase, you vile standing tuck. And this one. Away, you scullion, you rampallion, you fustilarian. I'll tickle your catastrophe. <laughs> Don't know what that means. But uh, which play are those insults in? And uh, a hard one for question three. Although they're all quite hard, to be fair. Which three Shakespeare's plays, neither comedy nor tragedy, are known as the problem plays? which three Shakespeare plays are known as the problem plays. So there we go. Three questions about old Bill Shakespeare. Three. So there's three plays that are known as the problem plays. Yeah. They don't really fit in as comedy or tragedy. Good quiz. Uh, yeah. Takes me back. Takes me back to our student days and uh, reminds me that I remember absolutely nothing. <laughs> uh, that- yeah. That was uh, the Moon Underwater pub quiz from the lovely Robin Allender, and we shall return in part two to continue filling out Jordan's dream pub. A reminder to check out Jordan's podcast, Help I Sexted My Boss, if you're the only person on the effing planet who doesn't listen to it, because it's an absolute smash. <laughs> oh, thank you. Have you got uh, any other projects coming, Jordan, that you can tickle our catastrophe with? <laughs> Uh, yeah, so just obviously doing the radio as well during the week and um, at the time of this going out, I'll uh, also be taking part in a comic relief challenge as well. Oh, so, wow. 
I'm going to be rowing from London to Burnley for Comet Relief. Whoa. So, yeah, which when they said to me, do you want to row? I was like, yeah, how hard can rowing be? Oh, mate. And let me tell mate. It's the hardest oh. thing. <laughs> yeah. I was so naive because I go running three, two or three times a week. I run like 10K. I cannot, I'm in pubs now going to people, mate, mate. Mate, rowing is so hard. It's, well, it's ev- it is, it's every muscle everything. you're not using when you run. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. So you're, are you are you rowing like canals and rivers, or are you actually rowing the distance on a machine? No, so I'm going to start on the actual River Thames. We're starting at the top of the Thames because if we started at the bottom of the Thames, that could take three to four days. So I'm going to try and do it in a week, and yeah, and then we're starting on the Thames, and the rest is canals all through the Midlands. Up through the York, York, Yorkshire and then across to Burnley. Jeez. What kind it's of what, be, what boat are we talking? What what kind of boat? Is it's it? a it's a it's just a normal uh, racing boat, right? I think. So I how will you don't. keep all your stuff with you? Is there like a backup team with all like crisps and stuff? Yeah, there's a support team, but I'll be in the boat on my own. And I mean, I'm already just from I've been training. I'm pretty much training six days a week since Jeez Christmas. Louise. But I'm I'm on I'm on the water three times a week. Can I ask you a question you have to promise to answer honestly? Go on. Do you regret saying you'd do it? <laughs> <laughs> right. It's for a good on. cause, right? And that's that is a given. It's for a great cause, but do you deep down wish you weren't doing this? On Tuesday when it was persisting it down, it was windy. It was half nine in the morning when we was on the water. I was wet through. My hand, like a blister had burst on my hand, right? I was so cold. I couldn't control the boat. I said to myself, why am I fucking doing this? Yeah. Why am I, why am I doing this? So I did then. I suggested to our radio producer on Five Live that uh, I would be willing to do something for comic relief, but the only thing I could come up with was driving to Birmingham. <laughs> so partridge. <laughs> so, uh, but the best of luck with that, uh, Jordan. But we will see you back for part two. Do head over to moonunderpod.com to find out how you can support this podcast and gain access to Behind the Cellar Door, the extra bonus episode where Robin and I go sort of within the pub, within the pub, within ourselves. But we'll be back very soon with more Jordan North. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Jesse Cruikshank. Jesse Cruikshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl. 
Let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.